word. You're listening to the Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. again in the treehouse as the covid gets sorted this episode of the emo brown the saddest mexican podcast is brought to you by the friendly neighbor grasshopper if you're in the mood to order a little bit of uh, cannabis your way edible pre-rolls flour head on over to ghbuds.com type in emo brown in your notes section get a 15 percent discount Get it delivered. Stay at home. Hang out while you're at it. Go to the brewery, 3 punkalescom Order yourself some four packs. We'll send them out to you as well. No discounts there. Que onda, Sonia Tabor? Que onda, carnalito? We got a new person in the treehouse. Sonia Tabor, here from Chula Vista, our neighbor, our neighborhood DJ, all of the things. <laughs> I'm going to let her introduce yourself because we, we've been wanting to bring this together for a few months. But now, I feel it's all come together. Ladies and gentlemen, Sonia, ¿qué onda? ¿Qué onda? You know, I was just going to tell you right now, I'm walking up here, right? So, I heard about this whole treehouse situation. I was like, I wonder what like, he really now, means. It's a, tree, it's a treehouse. It's, it's a, a, it's a fucking treehouse. It looks nice. It's nice. I love it. And I walked up here, and the first thing I thought is, I've heard a lot of the podcasts. Uh-huh. And who, like, you typically interview a lot of guys, yeah. right? A lot of dudes. So now I feel like I'm part of the like the the treehouse club. You know when you're little and it's like no girls allowed. <laughs> no women allowed. No girls. See, sabes que cuando comenzó el COVID, like before that, you know, we've had the mayor. I've had like friends that operate businesses, like Karen or or la, la, la Estela or stuff like that. Like I've had homies that come in that, that are women. But as soon as we the COVID hit and I, I just kind of like had to narrow the scope a little bit. I just felt more comfortable reaching out to compa compas and say, hey guys, you know, if, if you're comfortable, come on up. We'll hang out. And, We'll hang out in the treehouse. Because during COVID, you know not who's comfortable and who's not. I've reached out to a couple. Yeah. I've reached out to a couple young ladies, women, in, um, you know, in positions of power who want to be on the podcast. But for one reason or another, COVID just doesn't cooperate and give us the opportunity. So when this is all over and we're back in the studio, ah, we will get yes. No, know? yeah, aparte, I've seen that you, um, you've had some cool, good ones with your, your wife, too. So I was getting, everybody's like the ones with the wifey. We, we just had... A, a nice good one where we did like a, uh, uh, we, we did a, the 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 scary story, the ghost stories. Wait, no manches! Like I don't, I'm not a big believer in 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 the paranormal and the ghost stories. But the more and more I talk about it, I'm like, fuck, I have it a lot. I've had I a have lot a, of shit. I have a story. Ooh, I have it. You want to hear it? Pajarita. Let's hear it. Ah, oh, pues. Damn, it's it's light out, so I'm okay. <laughs> You're all right. I'm okay with this right now. I'm gonna be as quick as possible on this one. But when I so I live in National City and I live in a over a hundred year old house, right? And um. I would hear noises when we moved in, people walking. This is an old Victorian style wood house. Jeez. And I'm scared already. Long story short, Jonathan used to work, my husband used to work at uh, Univision. He was a cameraman. He would leave like at middle of the night. Vision del vato? Sí. Hell yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> say, Eva, like he would leave in like the middle of the night and I would be there by myself. This was before we had kids or anything. And one night he comes home 
and uh, I'm in bed, right? And so I hear noises in our back door. There was like a back entry. So <laughs> I go back there and Jonathan's behind me. I don't know why. This is, and I never knew like, is this dreaming? Is this real? And I grabbed a bat that was like downstairs and I'm started, like, starting to walk. And we Did you have kids the already? Door. No, not yet. Oh, okay, okay. It was just us, right? This was like two years before London was born. So it was like 16 years ago. And I open the back door and there was like a family of three people. Now, mind you, this is like two, three o'clock in the morning. And it was like an older man, a woman, a girl. And Jonathan's like, oh, you got this? And he goes back to bed. And I'm like, yeah, come in. And I'm like, are you the people making noise in my house? And they said, yes. And I was like, okay, this is so weird. And they're like, no, this is why we came over just to talk to you about about that and, and apologize for making noise. So I invited them to sit down. I drink tea. So I asked them if they wanted tea. They said yes. And they started telling me that they were building a movie theater by my house and that they were using it to store wood and stuff. So I was like, okay. And they're like, but we're so sorry. We don't want to make noise anymore. We won't do this anymore. We, we will leave. And I, we just came to apologize. And, you know, thank you for taking care of this house. And I said, okay, well, I was really scared for a while. So don't, don't do that anymore. Next day, so I go back to bed. They leave. Next day in the morning, oh, by the way, they said they were moving, uh, building a movie theater, right? Yeah, yeah. They gave me these coins. They gave me three quarters. And they said, if you go to the movie theater, we're about to open next week. You just put the coin in and you press the door open. You know, those light, like the rounders. All right. And you can come into the movie theater and watch the movie. <laughs> like they were telling me this whole thing. So I go up to bed. The next morning I wake up. Jonathan's already up. He's doing whatever. And I go down to the kitchen and I see like my tea set with like the cups there and three quarters on my table. Wait, no mames. And I don't know, like I still don't know how that happened. I so mean, you thought it was a dream, the whole the whole interaction? Or? The whole interaction, I like I still remember it as a dream, but then like the the tea was there, the coins were there. And I had no idea about this, but there's a movie theater like three blocks down my house, you know, in National City. It's like it then became like this weird other theater and then it was like a church for a while did you did you go to the movie theater i went and checked it out and did I you was take like, the coins no well the thing is that it became a church so oh, okay, okay okay so it was like it had changed already who lived in and your house before the people that built it wait no manches like, like, you did some like some background i had to do research i went to the library i took out a book and i forget what it's called but there's some some sort of like way that people dream about history without knowing it uh-huh and it's like this weird phenomenon did, did you keep the coins thing. I, I did for a while. paletas o algo, hasta llegó la pinche moneda, ¿no? Sí, no estaban viejas. O sea, they weren't like old, old coins. They were just quarters. Yeah. But, yeah. That's weird. It was a weird... That's creepy. And the house didn't feel haunted anymore. I never felt cold, never heard noises after that. It, it was, was a weird. warm handoff. Like, we're sorry, here you go. Isn't that weird? That's beyond weird. Oh, my God. All that happened to us was our towels got moved from the bathroom into the, the pool table in the living room. <laughs> A good way but to start Jesus this podcast Christ. is the weirdest way. Well, I mean, <laughs> this podcast is about South Bay shit, you know? It's a, And the one thing I've noticed now, as soon as we open the door to, to like, telling ghost stories, I've had people, like, sending me, like, uh, direct messages on the email Brown or sending me emails yeah. at, at my email address, like, hey, man, you talked about this. I've had this happen to me. And I'm, like, telling them, well, you should have called and left a message and we would have played your message on, on the show like we did. And they're like, oh, maybe next time. And they're just like sending me all these stories. And I was like, oh, you ain't no munches. There's a lot of us. I don't know if it's our culture. It, it might be our, yeah. a lot of it has to do with our culture. We're very connected to that. I don't know why. You I know? don't. 
I don't know why either because my family is not that like superstitious about stuff. They don't like my mom was like, I don't believe in ghosts. And I'm like, I didn't either until now I don't know so much. You yeah, know? I'm with you. Like I, I don't. <laughs> I don't think I'm full sold, but the too much things have happened where I'm like, oh, maybe I do believe in ghosts and I just don't uh-huh. want to see it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Sonia, where are you do, from? Do, do. Oh, well, I was born here in San Diego. Sonia Tabor. <laughs> I was born in San Diego, but my mom is from Loreto, mm-hmm. Baja California Sur. And my dad's white from mm-hmm. Salt Lake City, Utah. I grew up um, partially here and partially in Loreto. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's so I'm from... Both places. So you grew up here in Chula Vista? I grew up in South San Diego, like by Nestor. Okay. And, um, but this is where I hung out. Berlin Wall, todo el pedo. You strike me as a Berlin Wall kind of lady. Do you remember the Berlin Wall? Uh Uh-huh. So that was the first place I got a pair of Dr. Martens. Everybody, I feel like anybody who had Doc Martens, their first pair was there. If they're from here, yes, yeah. because that was the first store that carried that them. That carried anything like that. Yeah. And then when they closed, I feel like anybody else who got it, got it like at Skechers at Plaza Bonita or some shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Journeys, perdón, journeys. It was journeys. It was journeys, not Skechers. Journeys had them. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had the coolest um, band t-shirts back then, too. And then it was just Hot Topic. Which is weird, because that kind of is... Did that play a role in, in, in paving a path to you opening your current project? Or yes. See, I mean, well, tell, sure. tell us a little bit about your project. Oh, Upright Citizen, Upright our vintage Citizen. store. Oh, yeah. So it happened back in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> so how it happened was really, going back to the story of like how I grew up, I never felt like I truly belonged anywhere. I was in Mexico when I was little. I didn't speak that much Spanish first. When I moved back to the U.S., I was in eighth grade. I didn't speak that much English. Calmate, Selena. Too white for the Mexicans, too Mexican for the whites. See, wait. See? Until now I feel like I'm ex- like both. If you ask me what I am, I'm... Mexican, 100%, but I'm American, 100%. Did, did, did you speak English growing up? Both. Okay. My mom hardly spoke English. She did, but no really, not really. Hey. And then my dad didn't speak any Spanish. Sometimes the language of love is all you need to bridge the gap. Obviously. <laughs> he had me when he was 60. A los 60? My mom was 40 and my dad was 60. So Do you have siblings? Me. Yeah. So oh. I have a, a like a, a older sister. And then I have half brothers. I have one half brother that's almost my mom's age. Nice. So you were you were like the the como se dice? the afterthought. Yeah. The reward. The pri- the little pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I like you said that because a lot of people say, Oh, you were the mistake. I'm like, no, I was a blessing. That was a blessing. <laughs> they didn't know it at the time. <laughs> they sure didn't. So Upright Citizen is an idea that you came up with in the year twenty eighteen? Twenty seven. So it's been four years. Uh huh. And but it's been longer than that. I wanted to have a place where people could go in and f- like, because for me growing up, I wanted a place where I could feel like myself. Like you know? a clubhouse on my two lugar. Yeah. Like we used to hang out also on third Avenue. I don't know if you remember of just Java cafe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I used to play shows there all the time. So where we are at was the original location actually where upright citizen is at right now. That was the original just Java. Yeah. Before it moved to the one where From you cafe probably, antes, okay, well, era un cafe. Solamente un cafe. Era un cafe. And then it turned into the un tal, un salon. Aha. Uh-huh. Ah, yeah, it was a cafe, halls. and they had uh, and they had like punk shows yeah, and yeah, stuff there. Yeah. Um, but so we people always- don't understand the history of Chula Vista. There's a and, and Chula Vista. It was a hardcore scene. There was a huge hardcore scene, a huge punk scene, very music um, background here. Aquí en Chula Vista. Very much a lot of like local punk bands, a lot of musicians, artists. Like it, there was a lot of stuff going on at the time that people now they're like Chula Vista has always been kind of dead. No, it wasn't. Nah. Not Third Avenue. Once Not upon a time, Third, Third Avenue was banging. Um, yesterday, I had the homie. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of the band Dogwood. 
Dogwood Aquí de Chula Vista, they were like some hardcore punk band. And I was like, oh, wow, I remember you guys were my favorite band growing up. And their, their connection to Chula Vista was they were on a record label called Rescue Records that was here on H Street. That's crazy. See, so, I mean, the, 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 the musical culture of Chula Vista has always been there. All my yeah. friends that I have, they, they were in the music scene and the punk scene and the rock scene and the reggae scene. There's a big scene just as it relates to music down here. Yeah, it was. It was huge. And I, I don't even remember. Um, there was even like a spot in, this is probably a little bit before you, but maybe right around there was a spot in like Otay where we would go and there was shows over there too, like even raves and stuff. Over the border? <laughs> no, no, no. It was like closer to the Otay border. And okay. it was like uh, Mexican Jumping Frijoles was a band that I remember played. Them. Yep, yep. All of that. So yeah, music. Every now like- and then I see that guy. He's so- somewhere here in, in, in Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah, because you're linked up with all of that, Sonia. I mean, I want to hear more about your business, but I also want to highlight that you're a DJ. <laughs> you're like a a, a a popular DJ in the South Bay. I say South Bay because that's where I always see you. You've played at 3Punk, but I remember seeing you at Manhattan. You yeah. know, I've had you at the Hellwood. We've had you everywhere down here in the yeah. South Bay. Pasas. You just played last week on the block in front of your new shop. I know. Which oh, I hope, And I hope you keep doing that. I hope I, like I hope that you just you develop or where you just set up outside your shop and you just play. It's like that's you know that's my escape. That's where I get to have a lot of fun for sure. It's yeah. it, it's it's awesome. That's I love lucky. It. It's not everybody that gets open a business and has the opportunity to actually enjoy what they're doing. You well, know? that was the whole point. So yeah. So you were asking like how did like Upper Citizen or that whole project started. It started because I wanted a place where we can do things like that. And Jonathan, my husband, is a photographer, and we needed a space so he can do photography. And so originally we were actually just renting a space whenever we had events at in Barrio Logan. Okay. And, but we wanted a space where we can put both of our businesses together and continue that. And Third Avenue made more sense. And I was already teaching at Kula Yoga. Yeah. So because I there's third. another branch to this tree. You are a yoga instructor. Yeah. And not just like I se me prendió el foco. Now I do yoga. No. Like you got you get down in yoga. Yeah. Like this is a passion. This is an actual like. This is something you do. This is something that defines you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that that's foremost, like, the thing that defines me is that. Is that. So yeah. right now with the pandemic, how has Kula Yoga been affected by the pandemic? Hay eventos todavía? Are there classes up and running? Or no, is so that project on hold? It, it's In a way, it's on hold. I think the community's still there, you mm-hmm. know. Um, everybody practices, you know, when they can at home or whatnot. We throw out um, some classes online just for people to stay connected uh we did some at the park but we're san diegans it gets cold out there uh if it dips below 60 ya tengo frío Yo Somos tropicales aquí, ¿qué pues? so yeah it's a little bit on hold but it's still there and um but yeah i've been doing yoga for like you know since again i started doing yoga probably close to 20 years ago but really really like once uh, my first son, son was born and okay then I was a yoga instructor and now and I was teaching on Third Avenue. And so Third Avenue made a lot of sense for us to bring up Right Citizen there. And a spot opened and it was a perfect size and we moved in and we started that. It, but before like you just make it seem, oh you know, a spot open on Third Avenue. You know how many people want a spot on Third Avenue? And you've had the luck and and, and, and the the privilege of owning two spots on Third Avenue. Yeah. And being part of a yoga studio also on Third Avenue. No yeah. manches. Like, I feel blessed. Bro, because people like people fight for locations on Third Avenue. And not just anywhere, because La Tercera está larga. You know, like Third Avenue goes from all the way from East Street. It does? All the way down, right? <laughs> <laughs> from East Street all the way down to Main Street. All the way down to the end, you uh-huh. know? 
But no, people want to be part of between from like e and F. yeah, between E and F, pretty much. You know, there's two blocks on Third Avenue where everyone wants to be, and everyone fights for those. But no, I want to be. And all of a sudden, look at you. You've worked I, at three spots that you've been. You play a big role. Two of them you own, and one of them you be, you're a pillar of that community. Aww. Look at you. <laughs> no, I honestly I do. I we've that's like, crazy. My husband and I feel like super blessed about that. And this new spot right oh, yeah. right next door to you. Yeah, neighbors, neighbors. So when we opened the the first one, I mean, it took a Tabor little bit. the neighbor. Tabor the neighbor. <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's it. <laughs> we opened um, that that first spot, and what was really cool about it is that we had enough space to do everything I wanted to do. So I was like all over the place, you know. When you start, you don't even know how to like. I didn't know how to run a business, you know. But I wanted an art gallery, and I wanted to be able to DJ from there, and I wanted to be able to paint there, and sell my clothes there, it's and a clubhouse. Photography, and we did um, shibari rope tying, which is like a, the art of tying rope, uh-huh. Japanese style. Like, um, so we did that. Nice. There was some some of those classes going on, and um, we had an artistic escape for everybody. Absolutely, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then we, our good friend Milt Ellison, also a Chula Vista legend, by the way, musician. He's a musician and an amazing friend of ours. Helped us put together open mic night. Um, so we had a, a place where kids could come in and express, like they could play music, they could do uh, poetry, they could do uh, improv, and we had so much talent come that's through, awesome. dude. That is awesome. That's a that's a service that you're providing. Obviamente, right now you can't. I mean, I'm pretty sure, I, I think that's a, a project also that's been placed on hold. Yeah. But that is such a great like community outlet, like a place where you can come and have like, oh, open mic night. I was like, yeah, I've been working on this song on my guitar. Let me go out there and do this. And it feels safe, you know? Yeah, you know, oh, you know what? I've got something to say. I, I want to just go up and, and read some of my thoughts and see what people say. You know, I like to read poetry. I'm going to go up there. So you provided a an environment, a venue for people to come in and, and get shit off of their chest. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It was. It, yeah. it has been. And then we did like band night. Mm-mm. So once a, a month we had like a different local band play there. And that was awesome. ¿Cómo se ponía eso? Pues bien curada porque it was a bunch of like young kids that didn't have a place to do this yeah. and it was free. And people could just come in and just like play music and then the shop would get full. And Are you going to keep doing that? that? You know, it's a little bit of a smaller space. Uh-huh. So I'm sure we'll find a way to do something, uh-huh. you know. Uh-huh. Um, and we want to continue at least. I was thinking of a way to maybe even doing it right now, like um, through... Like, our, like a Zoom or something or social media? Social media. Uh-huh, where uh-huh. we like highlight all these local bands. Maybe we can have them play and, and just What did you do? You just put out like the bat signal and said, hey, local bands, if you want a place to play, come on down. Well, Milt. Milt okay, took so care of all of that. Because he's, he's an event coordinator. So oh. he would uh, like coordinate the whole thing, get the bands. He knows a lot of like local kids because he goes to Southwestern College. And he knew like, so he had that whole connection. So he helped us out a ton. So that's just one component, one component of Upright Citizen. And then you have the vintage store. Yeah, that is, that, that's the main component. And that has, like, it like, wasn't at first, you know. Okay. It was, like, a, a passion project. Uh-huh. Turned into, like, a full-blown, like, that's all I do now is, yeah. like, the vintage stuff. And I bet, take me into the world of vintage clothing. It's pretty crazy. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cuando you estabas cotorreando con la cristal, you were talking to wifey about a... She's been on the look for, what was she like? Oh, a Madonna shirt. A Madonna shirt. And she's like, I've been looking online and these things are fucking expensive. And I said, oh. And then we just ran into you on the block. And then, yeah, I know you guys started chopping it up. Yeah. So I can only imagine what the world of vintage clothing is about. Well, the it's weird because when I started shopping, I don't know if this was part of like something that you did, but a lot of us would, in the 90s, go to thrift stores. Yeah. 
because not just because it was cheaper to shop there, but it was cool to yeah. shop at a Buffalo thrift Exchange. Store. Yeah, nosotros, I think yeah. that's in Hillcrest. Um, yeah, and then just thrift store shopping here. That was like a common after school activity. Yes. You know, we would go after school and just go shopping, thrift yeah, store five shopping. Bu- five yeah. bucks, you could buy like a cool, like jacket, bro. Jacket or a plaid. Just, mm. You know, like if you were into like Nirvana, you had that whole grunge look. I, I, I would always have a, a members only jacket. I have like a couple at my shop right now. Yeah, for do, sale. do those do those move? Yeah, they do. What's the biggest mover right now in a vintage shop? I would say there's a few things, but definitely vintage t shirts. Do you think this all came back? Because I I, I, I was talking to, to Josh from from the band Dogwood, and the last show was like, everything is cyclical. Yes. Like we were all in bands in the 90s and early 2000s. And that style of music that um that we played back then. It's all come back to being popular again. It does. The style of clothing we wore back then, it's all come back to being popular over again. It's like once there was the 70s and then there was the 80s came back and being super popular. Now I feel it's like the 90s that came back and like the early 2000s are coming back. So it's like, oh shit. It's like, I feel like everything is like, like 20 years, 20 years behind before it cycles all over again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's so, so there's a like a few things so uh vintage is considered anything that's 20 years older older like latine latine a huevo pues eres inteligente y luego uh anything that's thrift it's like from a thrift store it's something that you know people donate it might be brand new but they don't use it anymore and they take it to a thrift store and that's what a thrift find would be right mm-hmm. And then you have retro clothing, which is like uh, clothing that is made to look like it's vintage. So like you're Forever 21, you're H&M. Fraudulent. They, they make those like band shirts. They remake the like flannels that look like they were from Fayuca, like the Fayuca vintage. Andale, marca patito. Marca eso. <laughs> and, um, but like true, true vintage is anything, you know, I consider things from like the 60s, 70s, you know, true vintage. Is it hard to find um, merchandise like that that's, in, in tip-top shape? Yeah, it yeah. is. It's like an everyday, like when I tell you that Jonathan and I, my husband and I, who I do the business with, um, we're out there every day. We are out there. Where? Every day. Where are you guys I'd going? I'd have to kill you. Neta, you. Tan, tan serio, sí? <laughs> it's serio. That, that you, have, you, have, you have your special hookups with, with shops that you can go to and get everything done? Of course. Hell but yeah. But we also have, you know, um, there's, um, I was telling you about auctions. Mm-hmm. We have vintage know, auctions. Yeah, there's auctions. There's online auctions, in-person auctions. There is, you know, swap meets, garages, people calling us up as soon as they know there's a vintage store in town. They're like, you know, this is what I have. You know, it's like serious business. So you being tapped in into this industry and killing it the way you guys have been killing it is what leads to you guys being voted number one vintage store in San Diego. That was crazy. That's how you get it, huh? That was insane. Why? I was like, like, you guys grind. You guys, you guys, you got you and your husband go out and go merch inventory shopping, and you don't want to say where you do it because <laughs> you don't want other little marks going after your shit and selling it. <sighs> That's pretty awesome. Like you were only open less than a year before you guys got that award. It was actually a little bit more than that. So uh-huh. we, we had been open. We opened in 2017. What year did you guys open? 2017. 2017. Yeah, we opened hey, the same year. Around, so we opened in. June. Okay. And you open in, in August. August, eh? And um, we got the award for 2020 for best. Everybody store. opened around the same time. So weird. You got the award when? Uh, 2020. Hey, it's the vintage store champion of San Diego. It was really Citizen. awesome, and we're so grateful for everybody. Why that wouldn't voted you? You earned it. That's something you know. Fuck. Yeah. It was. It was. It's been a lot of hard work, but we love what we do. What's the most 
prized possession you guys have inside of your vintage store right now? Well, I would say like like you were asking what's in right now. So like vintage t-shirts, like especially band tees are okay. like huge, Which right? Band? Oh, you know, all the rock and heavy metal and metal bands, all of that stuff from the seventies. From the seventies. Um, eighties stuff too. That's my personal, you know, favorite. I would say that for me my my favorite possession of like vintage is like an eighties the cure t shirt that I nice. have. Okay. Um they go for like two, three hundred dollars. The Metallica shirts, like it depends, you know, they remake them and those are worth a lot less, you know, the newer ones. But if it's like legit from the eighties, you you get t shirts that are like three hundred dollars. Like a master of puppets tour shirt. Watch, That's I wrote worth. down because I was like, I'm gonna tell him about this. Oh yeah. Um so right now like a vintage Nirvana, like a real legit I don't have one right now. Okay. In my shop. I've sold them before, but there's one that's like eight hundred bucks. Which one? Um I you know, I think it's like one of the the older ones. The one with the happy face with the bullet hole? Yeah. <gasps> one of those for sure. It's gonna be worth a lot of money. Then there's like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, like, you know, uh-huh. a t shirt that's like double sided, old school. Four thousand dollars I saw one. Who's so. buying these things? People that collect that stuff, people that wear it. Like, here's the thing about vintage. Once you get into it, you get lost in it. You get lost in it. And, like, for me, I made a decision. I'll tell you that about that in a minute. But I made a decision that vintage is like what I wanted to wear. Like, I don't wear anything new anymore. It's been since we opened our shop. I like started shopping less and less anywhere else. And now I'm, that's all I wear. And it's because you get this thrill of like, I get to find this one t-shirt that's out there was for that and people know like if you know about vintage you know like they got that shirt and they wear it with pride you know damn that'd and be then, scary alguien te va a venir a quitar la camisa you're like sí. damn a veces las camisas que usan de trapos ahí en México uh-huh. aquí las están buscando y pagan miles de dólares because I, sin duda I don't doubt it I don't doubt it Jesus Christ they're like you know worn out holes and stuff and they're like oh that's a cool wear so if I wanted to go to Upright Citizen and pick up a Pink Floyd shirt yeah it's gonna be hard to obtain well I don't right, I don't even know if I have one right now but so I have like some reprints you know that are retro that are maybe made in the 90s of like a lot of those band shirts and they're gonna be like in, you know 30 bucks 40 bucks whatever maybe up to $100 depending on the shirt and if you're gonna find like the, like a true Metallica one, I have one for like three hundred bucks. You got your like, there's like this, and then it's also, you know, there's trends within vintage, even on shirts. Uh-huh. Like for a while, you know, your Harley Davidson shirts were like the trend. Really, Didn't matter whether you rode a Harley ever in your life. That is crazy. And there's like one. Where's the cutoff? Like, what? When did um, vintage band shirts lose their value? Like Oasis. No, you know, Oasis is still like okay. So Oasis, legit- still, Oasis still pulls in. Uh, Pinchy. <laughs> Let's see, what's another band? Fucking Weezer. No, yeah. If you, I have a Weezer shirt that's pretty pricey in there too. But how much is this Weezer shirt? I don't know. I like maybe a hundred something. Indeed, you. But there. So here's the thing. So not all the T-shirts that you're gonna come and buy at a bright citizen are gonna be like super pricey. But I'm saying that they have more value and there's like a few things that you have to look at in value. So how, how desirable is it? Like, is it trending right now? Cause trends come in and out. Like wh- how is it made? Like, does it have a cool like label, you know, like a giant tag versus like a different tag. You're also going to look at whether it's double stitch or single stitch. Wow. So there's like a little stitching that happens on the sleeve. Uh-huh. Like if it's one, then that's going to probably show you that it's an older shirt. Um, and then just the quality overall. So, 
you know, that's it. And there's like shows like there's this one called Generation Cool on Netflix with okay. Slobby Robbie, and he talks about Slobby you know, Robbie vintage. Yeah, it's like like uh, have you heard of Gar- remember Garbage Pail? Kids? Yeah. So he, it's like Slobby Robbie from Garbage Pail. He goes off of that, you know, and his stuff. He shows like how vintage works right now, and it's called Generation Cool, his store or whatever, and. It's a cool show, but they talk a lot about like how easy it is to get their vintage stuff, and it's really not that easy. But it makes it really cool looking for people, you know. If you wanted to be a basic vintage, if you didn't want to win the number one vintage store in San Diego, but you wanted to open a vintage shop, could you go online and buy things like in in, in a whole like a warehouse wholesale or anything? Or you could. I mean, there's like warehouses in LA. I'm sure that you could find stuff at, but it's not. It's because really- you sell records too. I we went do. in there the other day and I saw Jonathan was working and I was thumbing through the um, the records but I don't have cartera and I was like, oh shit, there's some gems in here. Yeah. And they didn't have a price tag, so I was like, oh, oh, how much is this? So is estate that? sales, they do. They're like little in the okay. back. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do estate sales. Um, and again, like people will tell us about, hey, you know, I have records. If you want to come and see them, or will send us pics and then we'll, you know, buy from people. Um, but it's not that easy and it's one of, of a kind each thing, you know. Uh-huh. So, like I said, it's like just us searching online at, uh, even at thrift stores, even at, you know, um, swap meets, flea markets, we'll travel and we, like, we'll go anywhere. Like, Jonathan and I love to travel, right? But we'll cater it towards also, like, where's, what day is the vintage or what day is there a flea around market? It. Uh-huh. Where is there, like, the cool thrift stores? Where is, like, tianguis. all of that. Nice. I don't doubt it. I was going to say, that's probably a, a spot where you guys go and hang out and, and figure out. These are, like, I have a pair of, like, English-made Dr. Martins that I got in the Tianguis. And Let's take a picture of them so we can post it up. La foto de... And I los compré en la Ciudad de México en un sobre ruedas. So operating yeah. your businesses and everything that you're doing now that you're involved with during a pandemic, how has that been? How, how, how have you guys, like... Uh, Found, figured out a way to navigate through the pandemic and the rules and the regulations and the shutdowns and the reopenings. It was hard at first. I was like kind of down, to be mm-hmm. honest. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do yoga and meditate and see uh-huh. what happens. Um, and we've been blessed because when it came to like retail, we were closed for a while, but then they let us reopen at a certain capacity and they never shut us down again. Nice. That's the difference between... Uh, retail as it relates to clothing as retail as it relates to the restaurant and 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 beer industry or, or bar industry yeah for let, sure. so they the whole time they let you guys operate at least at a minimal capacity yeah like 25 percent it went see because i was like what? is that enough to sustain well, well obviously for you yes because you opened a new spot and you kept it going <laughs> but in overall overall you know i've i've seen a lot of shops struggle a lot of places close down because of it what we ended up doing in we're talking about like that whole law of attraction situation yeah. earlier before we started. Um, I just started focusing on the things that were working for us and I didn't pay attention to what wasn't. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, you know, one is our community has been awesome to us and they're like, well, can we shop online? You know, I started posting things on Instagram. Nice. So we started um, this whole thing where we would post items on Instagram. People can shop and still to this day, if somebody wants Hey, do you guys have something? You know, I, I offer curbside pickup. We deliver. Like, I would drive things to people. We nice. would ship things. Um, if anybody was looking for anything, we'd put it out there. Los que quieren trabajar, pueden trabajar. Yeah. Like, that's what I've said the whole time. Like, if you want if you want it to work, it'll work. You just got to gotta figure out a way to make it work. 
And once you figure out that way, you just got to stick with it. There's no use in focusing on shit that's not working. There's no use in focusing on things that, oh, no, 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 no. And it's like, no, stop. Get rid of those no's and then say, okay, you know what does work? Shit. Curbside sales. You know what does work? Delivering. You know what does work? Putting our merchandise online. Uh-huh. Okay, we don't do it. At least you guys figured out. You unlocked the, 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 the key to figure out how what works. And you pues, made it happen. Como en mexicano. We figure out a way. We figure out Mexican a way. Mexican or Mexican. Exactly. Because I keep putting up pinchy Mexicans. I will. <laughs> so what is next for you? What, what what else is going up? I feel like you always have a lot. Look at yoga. The neighborhood DJ. <laughs> the neighborhood Want to be my Biz, Business operator. And then you opened a new shop on the block yeah. during the fucking pandemic. Well, so originally, like, our spot got too big and, and we suffered a little bit. To be honest, like, with Jonathan doing photography in our old shop, which is the main reason why we needed that much space, uh -huh. we, we weren't doing in-house in photography anymore. And we were spending a lot more than we, you know, a lot more overhead. So we found the spot next to you. Like, yeah. just, we noticed that it was open. And like you said, I don't know how this happened, you know, thanks to our... Lovely landlord who said, you know, yeah. Let's Your do this. lovely landlord. <laughs> I didn't hate my landlord anymore. No, man. Déjate esas cosas. ya no está conmigo. Nel. So he, he presented a, an opportunity for you to, to be able to rent. To make the move. I said ours, like as in mine, not mm -hmm. you know, me and Jonathan. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> There's two of us. Me encabronazas, dude. Nel, ese vato no. No, pero la verdad. You know, it was a good opportunity for us. And it it was something that was a good move. I ain't going to lie to you. I saw a bunch of different people um, coming in and coming out of that spot. And I was like, oh, I wonder who's going to get it. I wonder who's going on. And when you told me you got it, I was like, yes. That's like the perfect match, you know? You work perfectly where we are. We got Barcy Nombre. You know, we, we got the, 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 the jewelry store next door to you. And then you guys. And the way you just designed your whole uh, facade, the whole storefront. Ooh. El Jorge Ness Murals. What's his last name? Uh, Jorge Mendoza. Mendoza. Jorge, Jorge Mendoza. Mendoza. He gets down, man. Yeah. I see him. He just I I saw him next to the Elwood. He is at a liquor store on um Broadway and F. And he just Damn. did a he just did a mural right there. Se la rifo. He did like a six four Impala, and he did like a uh, I don't know what year the C ten is Chevy C ten. And I was like, damn, homie. That looks clean. That looks very nice. So this guy gets around. He's he's he does all of the murals. He did the one here on Third Avenue, the Chula Vista one, where <laughs> it says Big Chula Vista and all the businesses that are on there and different people's names. Yeah, he's still working on that one too. He's about to finish that, but he's amazing. He gets I was down. like, damn, that looks so that Impala. I was so impressed. Yeah, but the way he did your storefront, it, it's a perfect match. Yeah, because then love it's like it. it's it's right next to our big black building. You know, like our black building is that's all it is. It's a black building. And it says three punk ales in white in the front. Yeah. You know? So yours is next door and it has this color popping out and it's just like a big graphic. It's like, it, 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 it's a perfect fit to us. I feel like moving forward, you and us, we're going to be able to work together and do a lot of cool shit, whether it's like Sunday DJing or like if you do more band stuff events, like we can always like cross promote and do that. I feel like you, you're like the perfect neighbor to have to bounce off events and vice versa. Like you guys can work with us and do the same thing. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm always grateful for our friendship because it's been since I started, I, you know, I look up to your business too and how like you guys have put everything together and it's been amazing. 
I felt the support from Three Punk Ales all the time. Well, what we did initially is we, we did the, um, what was it? The, the yoga event that we did. Beer and yoga? Yeah, but what was the event? We named it something. Detox, no, re- Detox to Retox. Detox to Retox. Detox to Retox. So it was Sunday, uh, Sunday yoga once a month. And then we did it like once every couple months. Porque lady dijo, no, 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 it's too much. And then so we did. <laughs> well, we would spend all day drinking. Yeah. So it was like so it's a detox. So we would do a yoga class, right? For like an hour. An 90 hour, minutes, ninety minutes. Ninety minutes. And then right after Which that, is a lot, Sonia. Yeah, but it's a lot. people oh, have to work for that beer god. in the morning, you know. Oh my god, ninety minutes of stretching. It's Eso nothing. Para ti, profesional. <laughs> but somebody like me, like I, I like to think that I'm okay. I can do this. Ten minutes in, I was fucking dying. Ah, pero bien que. Si podías. I, you did the class. You I did, did the class. Really well. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't always finish. the we class. We got all the punks in there. We did a lot of stinky fucking feet. Everything <laughs> at the brewery in the morning. So it would be like at. We would do it like I think at eight in the morning. Yeah. And it w- we would open at ten on Sundays. So it would go like from eight to like nine forty-five. Yeah. And then we, we you would hang out, and after you were done doing yoga, you'd get a, like a free pint. You know, I think you would pay twenty dollars for the yoga session and a pint. Yes. And then after that, you get best. like like five dollar pints. It was awesome. Yeah, you know, it was something that the community like started coming around and and, and being more involved with it. It, it. it was pretty awesome. It was, yeah. And when, it, when and can we bring that back? Hopefully soon. You know, as soon as we can get in there, as soon as we can get in doing stuff like that, I, I'm down. And there's so much more to do now. You know, <sighs> now that we're neighbors, yeah, I know we can work so many little like little gimmicks, little promotions, just little like. Va a estar chill. Va a estar bien chingón. All we need is to have a, a friend open like a, a restaurant next to us or like a nice little something next to us and then we'll just own this side of the block. Yes. And the thing, the thing is like the whole punk thing, right? So Upright Citizen is a... So Jonathan, my husband and uh-huh. I, we both love punk rock. And Crass is one of my favorite bands and they have a song called Upright Citizen and so does Vice Squad. Angie Crass. Oh man, gutter punk. I, used, I love Crass. Anarcho punk, you know. Is it, oh, so it's a different. What what is it called? Anarcho punk. Ay, perdón. Ay, perdón. Oh, no, let me get the subgenre correct. I'm just gonna regaña the punk scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like that UK anarcho punk was like, like my thing. And then Vice Squad has a band called The Bright Citizen, a song called The Bright Citizen, and a bunch of other ones. I didn't know. And when that's how we decided to name it that, you know, because you think of Upright Citizen and you think of this legit like perfect. Yeah. Clean cut, lentes, pinchy traje, todo el pedo. And, um, you know, we, we do want to give back to the community and we do want to be upright citizens in our own way. Yeah. And we like being next to... You like, guys are pillars. You guys are communal. You guys have been there since 2017 before 3rd Avenue was, was 3rd Avenue was. You know, like it, we've been through the whole struggle of creating the scene in 3rd Avenue to what it is now. And I love seeing people come through, you know. Look. Not from Chula Vista. And they'll That's come what's through, awesome. And know? they're like, wow, this is such a cool little spot. You know, we didn't know it existed. And they'll come through and they'll like go have a, a drink at Three Punk Ales and they'll stop by my shop and they're like, oh, I remember this when I was little. You know, and you get memories. People, hey, people were like, oh, I remember I used to go to the, the Vogue and, and catch a movie and then go to La Bella's and get some pizza. And then if there was time, I would go to uh, the Berlin Wall and whatever. Yeah, it was like that was a dance. Oh, and this building where you guys are in, this used to be a men's warehouse where my dad would buy clothes. And I, I have like, a oh, wow. jacket that I'm trying to find that's from Highland. In serio? Yeah. Like, what kind of jacket? How does it's it like look? It's like a vintage, like kind of Pendletonish. I'm gonna, I'll buy I'm gonna, that. Yeah, I'll buy that. So, man, I don't know. I need to look for that because we have storage from when we moved. So we're gonna start 
bringing all of that into the shop and it's been crazy the whole move took us like a whole month to move all of our stuff across the street <laughs> well it, it's looked a lot easier because we're like oh we're just gonna cross the street but now it's like when we did cross the street it was now setting all this stuff up that we had in a bigger spot in a smaller spot and in addition you know like set up the back and make it look cool and all that stuff and i feel like now we're like next to you know, we're like we're more in the spotlight, to yeah. be honest. And so I feel like we needed to make sure that we anywhere on Third Avenue where we're all located, ahí como dijiste de la E a la F, we're under the the microscope. Yeah. I feel like people are always paying attention to what we're doing. That's why I tell like people like just gotta we gotta keep it tight. You know, like we, yeah. we, we we can't like especially during the pandemic we can't be operating outside of what's allowed because one we we're we are a part of the community, so we got to take care of our community. You know. Yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's a tricky situation because, you know, you have a business to run. I have a business to run and we have to make sure that we keep it running. And during the pandemic, it was hard. You know, like yeah. we could have taken a, a, a shortcut and just operated anyway. But in the long run, it's better to just play by the rules. We're here now. We're, we're slowly making our way out of it. And the community is responding. Well, you saw we were there on on Sunday. Sunday was like our first like legit like, hey, neighbor, let's do something. We had Rice or Death, a killer fucking food truck from the North Park area. The so Nemo's, good. Right? It was they so even good. have a vegan option. They do. And <laughs> and then we have the, the resident food truck, El, El Tacos El Vaquero, who also has a, a, a vegan option. So we had both of those trucks. Like They, they parked in a way that they created a, like an enclosement for the, the front of the brewery and the little parking area. And then you went outside and you were spinning and the food was like... It was just getting served order after order. The beer was flowing. We created a whole little happy environment. Yeah, it was awesome. In less than a thousand feet allowed. Less. Shit, like 500 feet. But, you know, like you said earlier, and it's true, it was so natural. Yeah. It was just like uh, the perfect It was from scenario. one week to the next. One yeah. week to the next. Like, hey, you know what? We're going we're, we're gonna to come in and we're going to do a uh, show up with our food truck. We're like, cool. Let's promote it. They promoted it. We promoted it. And then... I want to play. I'm going to spin in front of the, the, my, well, my my location. It was actually because it was our first weekend open. There it is. And we we're like, let's celebrate that. Yeah. Think things just kind of fit into. It was like a puzzle. All the pieces fell into the right places. Yeah. And I think moving forward, all the pieces will continue to fall into the same pieces, places, but alone. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that like what you were saying about us being a community, it's like that's another thing that was really important to me when we opened our shop is for us to be, for us to have a community where going back to like finding a place where we can feel like we can be ourselves and like enjoy ourselves having a place of community no no faking the funk no no porque esos rápido nos damos cuenta who's faking the funk you know like Pinching. you know it's like oh man all of a sudden you want to do this all right you know it's like i we've we've done things together as a team now for the last three years and we're like okay this just works you know like let's yeah. just keep doing it and then it works so well that other people start doing it too we're like oh all right that's whatever yeah, whatever <laughs> so i mean i feel like uh, imitation is the greatest form of flattery yeah <laughs> no, yeah i so, have to remind myself of so, that so, so now that we're neighbors i feel like fool let's take it over let's take over the whole block well we already let's, have been yeah so i mean <laughs> let's just take over our end of the street and we have been and i see nothing but great things ahead for us sonia tabers i do too and i think that in your industry i think that things are starting to look a little bit better too yeah poco a poquito hay rumores that uh, by the time this airs the deadline will have already passed but i keep hearing that monday is going to be a day when we're going to be allowed to have a certain amount of people to be inside of the brewery wow yeah if that's a if that's a legit claim then that's a game changer yeah, you know it's been sure. it's been a few months since we let that happen but whatever it takes we've just been trying to survive for the last 
year. Yeah. You know, manches, it's already going to be a year, Sonia. I was in Oaxaca last February, and when I came back, it just exploded. It was like a year ago, exactly. Oh, crazy. And here we are. And here we are. Almost a year, March 16th. Here we are, February, early part of February. (sighs) I know. We made it, though. Yeah, Cheers to that. Cheers clink, clink. And a big thank you. For coming in yes. and sharing your story and, and, and your goals and everything you've accomplished so far. Well, we're excited to see where the vintage, you know, market and our vintage stuff keeps on going. Because one thing that I do want to, like, go back to a little bit that you were saying about, like, what's, you know, what we have in the shop. And all right, cuéntame. It's that, you know, people a lot of times don't understand what vintage is because... Not everybody in like the Mexican culture knows. Like, there's not even a word really for vintage. I tiendas de segunda, there's thrift segunda, stores, hey. but vintage, you know, there isn't. So huh. at a vintage store, it's like things that we curate, that we separate, that we make sure that you know they're up to par, that they're well made, that they're at least 20 years old, that all that good stuff, you know. And one thing that I did want to tell you about is um, the reason why I think also that like, it morphed into like this thing that I really wanted to share with the world is being sustainable like having a better way of living life okay. and in the sense of um you know just saving the environment a little bit and one of the big things that you know and i brought a little notebook that i Ooh, wanted to share with you check this out. out let's see so there's this thing so first of all the um the environment is really affected by fast fashion people wearing clothing that you know you, but you go to the shop and it's cool. And I think that people can and should every once in a while. But you go to like the stores that we go to when we buy an outfit for the weekend. That's probably going to last us a day. <laughs> yeah, hasta llegó. Yes, ahí llegó. And then you get rid of it, right? And so that's fast fashion. Stuff that is trendy right now. You get it. It's you know made in China, brand new, like whatever. Does Not very well made. Throw it out. So it's really interesting to know that 700 gallons of water are used to make one t-shirt. What? Yeah. One cotton t-shirt is made with $700. So that's a f- uh, 700 gallons of water. So when you buy a t-shirt, you want to think about like, is this something that I really want? Like you want to go to Three Punk Ales and buy that cool t-shirt, right? Uh-huh. Because you're going to wear that and it's Are cool. you trying to convince me not to make merch anymore? <laughs> I, you know what I'm trying to convince people for is like support your local business and buy yeah. that merch from, you know, Three Punk Ales. Get that cool t-shirt that they made that they put that design on because that's the local place, you know? Seven hundred um, gallons of water. Seven hundred gallons of water. How is that even possible for one shirt? Yeah. And then four hundred billion square meters of textiles are made every year, right? So four hundred billion square meters of textiles. Sixty billion me- square meters are left on the cutting floor. ¿Qué se hace con eso? It just gets thrown out, and it takes about. 80- you can't recycle that and make something else. They don't. What happens is they go to landfills and it takes up to 80 years for them to, for that to disintegrate. Um, three out of four garments that people, that they make go into landfills because they don't sell. Like, let's say like you order something from China and like, you know, whatever gets left over, it gets to the landfill. So it's really, really, really crazy. They don't donate that or anything or? (sighs) Not, you know, not really. It's, it's one of the top polluters of the world right now. And like I said, uh, it takes about 80 years for a garment to, to break down. It's crazy. <laughs> so vintage is the way to go. Yeah. You could say, like, you're saving the environment. So you might be sometimes investing on that shirt that you're probably going to wear with love and, ex- you're gonna, you know, 
wear this dress that was uh, made in the 50s that still looks pristine and great condition that's lasted this long and you're save you're helping to save the world so that's another reason why vintage is awesome vintage clothing saves the world <laughs> if i wanted to find my wifey a madonna shirt how much is it going to cost me <laughs> i don't have one now but um i've seen them go for like two three hundred bucks like a legit 80s. Two, three hundred dollars. Yeah. Dang. They're harder to find. People keep them. That's the thing. And so when they sell them, they. No, sell them. no, compraron de Pinchy Pee Wee Herman. Algo mejor. <laughs> hey, Pee Wee Herman's making a comeback. Is that. Pee Wee Herman t shirts. I... You got those? <laughs> no, but if I, I did, then probably like. I need a Pee Wee Herman shirt. If I find one, I need I know... to get a Pee Wee Herman shirt. I know who's going to get it. And su pinchy bicicleta acá, sideways, estilo BMXer. <laughs> <laughs> Sale, Sonia. Thank you very much for joining us in the treehouse. Hopefully, we have to bring you back in. If not, you know what? We're, we're, we're doing more video component now. So um, our, our digital guy, he can post up in front of our brewery, like uh, whenever we're going to have an event and you'll be out there spinning. We'll take a cruise, a nice little uh, 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 a video of going inside of your store and look at any like a little like real motion type of video that we can put on our website or put on our oh, YouTube yeah. channel. That sounds amazing. So, so, so stay tuned. We're neighbors. We're going to be working on a lot of things together now. And, you know, to be honest, my favorite beer. Which one? Three Punk Ales in general. La Flama Blanca. Me gusta. Charming Stout. You guys are needle in the hay people. No, no, you're not a needle in the hay people. No, la, you're your partner. So much. Yeah, La Paulina. Yeah, yeah she, she's, my, she, my befa. <laughs> she's a needle in the hay yeah. person. <laughs> it's all good. Those you are know? stories for a different episode. <laughs> we will talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for having me. That is a wrap for this episode of the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Emo Brown. Give us a shout out at Twitter. We're on there too. And at Facebook, for those of you who still use Facebook, we're on there as well. More importantly, give us a visit at emobrown.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes, all of the merch. There's more merch coming as well as access to the Patreon club. Join in the Emo Brown Social Club. Don't be a stranger. Hop on in there. Join. Submit. Follow. We appreciate your support. Thank you very much. Big things are coming. See you